Greetings, ghouls. It's time to discuss, disgust, and dissect. Horror. No normal mind can imagine. And now, introducing our hosts, the gruesome twosome, Mike and Jeremy. And we are Fetch of the Dead. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Welcome to Fans of the Dead. I am Michael. And I am Jeremy. Oh, that doesn't really work, does you, it? You don't know your full name? I think I think Jeremy is my full name. My you, mother used to get pissed when people would call me Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a bullfrog. He was also a good a friend song. of mine. God, I hate that song. I love that song. I know why you hate it. It's because you didn't like anyone drinking your wine or smoking your kind. True. Yeah. It's very rude. Yeah. So how you doing, bro? Doing good. March Madness in full swing. Hell yeah. You can uh, gamble in Massachusetts, I've heard. Actually been bludgeoned over the face with it. Like every other commercial, it's like, you know, you can gamble. If you have a if you have a problem with gambling, don't gamble. But if you don't have a problem, gamble, gamble, gamble. It's either Kevin Hart or Lenny Clark or somebody is in your face. Yeah. I I uh I don't even he's like, I can't get Uber Eats, but you know what I can get? Gambling. <laughs> I'm very so true. I I'm very depressed, but oh no, I'm excited. My guy just got a swish. My guy just got a swish. That's extra points. If you don't brick, 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 brick city. We digress. So we're going very old school with this one. And by very old school, I mean 1978. We're going Dawn of the Dead. So the thing about this with Dawn of the Dead, there's so many different versions. You got the theatrical version, which I don't know if I've ever actually seen. So the first time I ever saw this, I was 17, I believe. Yeah, because I was just driving. You worked at Suncoast Video. I don't know if I actually purchased the movie, but I had the double VHS director's copy. I dropped my girlfriend off in Sudbury. She worked, you know, where she worked. Um, I don't remember the place, but it was like right next to Lint Chocolate. Yeah, you know they have like the little chocolate balls, and I had a whole like bag of uh, the white chocolate. Went home and I put in the the VHS and I'm watching the movie, eating the whole sleeve of chocolate balls to my face. So like <laughs> I'm starting to feel sick. I'm starting to like the movie freaked me out, and then I had to go pick her up at work when she gets out. It's a, like you know ten o'clock or whatever. And there's no cars on the road. It was so we- like surreal. And it was like wicked foggy. And like I was getting kind of freaked out. Like it was like the the perfect experience. You know what I mean? And constantly on stage with Metallica back in the mid 80s, because Cliff Burton always rocked the Dawn of the, uh, Dawn of the Dead shirt. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, actually, I was hanging out with Norm last night. He in his bedroom used to have the Cliff Burton poster and he had the Dawn of the Dead like cut off sleeve t-shirt. Yeah. 
the day we first did our demo for this podcast, like just to see if it would work, we went to Rock and Shock and we yeah. met Ken Faree. Yes, we did. And he signed, uh, you know, one of his pictures and I have it up right underneath my Dawn of the Dead poster. Like this movie, it's why we're doing this podcast. It's not why we're doing it, but like we stole the name from it, basically, you know, podcast of the dead. (laughs) This is a recipe for disaster. Obviously, Pittsburgh, you got to have your Iron City beer. Ah, yeah, yes. baby. Also, you're going to want to take swigs of Jack Daniels throughout this episode. If you have friends, just toss that bottle around. Take swigs, because that's how we doing it. Ken Faree's Romantic Dinner. Manja! So I literally couldn't figure out what the hell he was serving to Stephen and Fran. It was it looked like a flank steak with something next to it and some vegetables. I could not tell. But then he goes, po-tay-to. And so obviously it's just a baked potato. And then he serves them what looks like white wine, which is not pear with steak. You need a red. But she's pregnant, so maybe it's a sparkling cider? Maybe. 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 But what I really want to get to is later in the movie when they are tearing apart people and ripping out intestines. There's this one scene where I'm just like, what is that that they're eating? It looks like ribs. Like they're just like some zombie is just gnawing on ribs and it looks like boiled ribs. Have you ever had boiled ribs? I don't think I've had boiled ribs. I have, and they were actually delicious. So my friend, Julie, her mom, Carol, Carol actually gave us a grill, and she gave us this awesome recipe for ribs. So what you do, you take like like the cheapest, fattiest pork ribs you can get, and you boil the shit out of them. So basically, you're just rendering off the fat, getting rid of the fat. And once they're like boiled, basically the ribs are cooked. And then you sear each side on the grill and then slather it with whatever barbecue sauce you want. And they're so fucking good. And the meat just like comes right off the bone. So Ken Faree's romantic dinner and Carol's boiled zombie ribs. Bam. Bam. Pandemonium in a news studio. A raid on an apartment complex. Two events which brought four people together in an attempt to escape something much bigger. The reanimation of the unburied dead. Their initial plan is to escape to Canada, where the outbreak is not as drastic. However, a lack of fuel causes them to take a detour to a now-abandoned shopping center, Monroeville Mall. Which still stands, by the way. You can still go there. It's uh, obviously much different than it was in 1978. But it is still there. What initially seems like a palace of safe haven becomes their own self-made prison. In the end, the four survivors must realize that their main enemy is not the walking dead, but inability for mankind to work together in this greatest time of need. But will they realize this in time? 
Dun, 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 Dawn of the Dead. Spoilers ahead. So I didn't realize, you know, they keep saying the, the you know, the George Romero, George Romero trilogy. I, I didn't realize there's actually six. What do you mean? So you have, you know, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. Then you have Land of the Dead. And then there's like Diary of the Dead and Survival of the Dead, I guess. Oh, there's a bunch of them. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize. I didn't. After Land of the Dead, I didn't know of those other two. Uh, yeah. So, is it Survival of the Dead? That's like kind of like a found footage one. I, I guess so. And I, then there's one on like an Irish island. There's so many of them. Um, but yeah, and, and what's crazy is so George Romero, obviously known as like the Godfather of the zombie. But before this movie came out, he put out like not successful movies at the time, but became cult classics like the crazies. He had already put out the crazies before he did Dawn of the Dead. He already put out Martin before he did Dawn of the Dead. All right. So obviously everyone knows George Romero from Night of the Living Dead, one of the most famous movies of all time. They weren't zombies, they were ghouls. If there is a movie, a horror movie, or basically any movie where they're watching a horror movie within the movie, they're watching Night of the Living Dead. You know why? Because of an accidental fuck-up, and now Night of the Living Dead is in public domain. Hence why the beginning of our um, intro has two clips. (laughs) Well, now it only has one, but it used to have two clips from it. So basically... Dawn of the Dead takes place three weeks after Night of the Living Dead. Uh, George Romero, oh my God, funny fact. He got his start basically just like running newsreels around Pittsburgh. But his first directing like job was for Mr. Rogers. That's awesome. Mr. Rogers would have... Like, you know, Mr. Rogers is in studio, but when Mr. Rogers is like, oh, I'm going to, you know, whatever factory or whatever, somewhere remote, George Romero would direct that. So, like, George Romero and Mr. Rogers were friends. Mr. Rogers was at the premiere of Dawn of the Dead and gave George Romero, like, a thumbs up. He's like, I'm proud of you. Like, how awesome is that? (laughs) I'm Everyone, I'm proud of you. Anyone that has ever interacted with Mr. Rogers has a great story of him, like how awesome he was. Like that, it, it's just, it's touching. <laughs> but <laughs> so George Romero goes. So my first uh, directing job was Mr. Rogers gets a tonsillectomy. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine him sitting through the? Look at the way you just made that guy ripping half and his intestines are sticking out that that's swell you did a really nice job with that you should be proud that's like magic you know kids <laughs> when you really put your mind to something you can achieve greatness <laughs> and george you've achieved well you achieved something here <laughs> <laughs> all right so movie opens we're in a movie uh not a movie studio a tv studio And it's basically very close to the emergency broadcast system. And people don't know what to do. 
and it's the left and the right arguing. Is that's the best way I can put it. It's like yeah. science versus not science. It's like I have emotion. I don't have emotion. What do you want to do? I don't know what to do. What do you want to do? I don't know. Um, let's just argue while the world erupts around us is basically what's happening. And behind the scenes, uh, all the other people are like, uh, can we just bounce? Yeah. 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 Let's do that. So the fucking, uh, the weather guy, he, he like does like the traffic reports and the weather, you know, he like knows how to fly the helicopter. He's like, Hey babe. Cause he knows like the cute blonde girl that works in the studio. He's like, let's get the fuck out of here. Um, I've got like a SWAT team friend and you know, let's just bounce. I'm going to steal the helicopter. And she's like, no, that's wrong. And then he's like, I don't give a fuck. What, what's right. What's wrong. And they bounce. And the uh, SWAT team member shows up and he's got another, he just meets this other guy who can I just say is like one of the most heartbreaking scenes in this movie right after the, right after like the SWAT shows up on the roof. Yeah. So right after we meet our two main characters, Fran and Steven, they're going to take the helicopter and bounce. We meet Roger. Who's this SWAT guy. He's very cool. He, you know, he knows exactly what's going on. And they break into this project building because basically you're not allowed to be in a residence anymore. They want people to come to shelters, but there's like a gang leader and he's like, fuck that shit. You know, I'm just going to hold up here. And he's like taking over a project like apartment built complex, but they've been holding they're dead in the basement. So their building is also being overrun by zombies. So we have right. SWAT overtaking that. We have got a guy named Wooly, who's like this racist guy with a shotgun. He's just like kind of <laughs> blowing shit up. They're like kicking in doors and fucking there's like smoke bombs. One one door they like kicked open, blew the dude's head off. Like literally like head explode. That head was actually supposed to be Fran's head at the end of the movie. Oh. So at uh, originally the script, everyone died. Peter was supposed to shoot himself in the bunker and Fran was supposed to put her head into the helicopter blade. But they decided that, well, like as they were shooting the movie, George, you know, he's like the nicest director of all time. And he talks to people. He's like, oh, what do you think about this scene? What do you what do you think you your character would do? And he loves feedback. So by the end of the movie, he's like, well, we're not doing that. That's too dire. You know, everyone wants these people to live. So he, right. you know, let them live. So they be like, well, what do we do with this, this uh, exploding head? Well, this exploded earlier in the movie. <laughs> so it's like one of the first things they explode ahead and in 1978 that didn't happen so like in the first like 10 minutes of the movie there's an exploding head they're like damn what's gonna happen next um the mca motion picture the mpaa mpa yeah they were like no you're gonna get an x <laughs> and george romero goes how about we just don't have a rating at all and that was like unheard of at the time 
And because he had so many movies behind him and Night of the Living Dead was such a, like a, not a success at the time, but like a success at that time, he had enough like backing where his distributors said, well, what do you want to do? And he goes, let's just not have a rating at all. This is unheard of at the time. This went into the theaters with no rating. See that, and that would that would make me. I need to go see this. Oh uh, yeah, I I mean so. Even Tom Savini goes all right. So zombies look blue. That's on me. That's my bad. Like in person, they were gray, but on camera, under the lights, yeah. they they have a blue hue. And he goes, "That's my bad." You know, it was his first movie, so he was supposed to do Night of the Living Dead. Um, but for some reason he couldn't, he went to Vietnam, came back. George is like, Hey, I'm doing another movie. I need you. And Tom's like, fuck yeah, let's do it. So, so he was supposed to do the original night of the living dead. Yes. But for some reason he couldn't. So well, Vietnam he, sounds like a reason. Well, yeah. I don't know if that was the reason. I, I feel like there was something in between because uh, George Romero did five movies in between those, the two. Yeah, but, I mean, like he was just, he was just like a photographer, right? Yeah. Uh yeah, Tom, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so he he uh took a lot of what he saw and he brought it into the real world and he obviously made one of the best special effects guys in the business. And he complained about the movie, but what George was going for was kind of an over the top comical comic book kind of feel that's why a lot of the blood is described as melted crayon yeah like super red super red like super over the top but that's what he was going for because he he wanted to kind of juxtapose the violence with humor and where night of the living dead was he said it was an accidental satire. People said, oh, it's about race. It's about like, you know, black versus white, black and white movie. And at the end, you know, Dwayne gets killed. And he's like, that was completely accidental. Like, it wasn't about race at the time. Right. Like, we wrote that as a white character. But Dwayne ended up being the best actor of all our friends for so, the job so he, he like obviously we give him the job but it turned into something much more whereas dawn of the dead it was purposeful he's like it's not subtle it's like a slap you in the face satire like this is about right. consumerism like it's about stuff it, what do you need what do you want two different things it's very true so we meet uh, Ken Foray, Ken Foray, Foray. Uh, so he's he's a member of that SWAT team, correct? Yeah. So he meets Roger in the the basement of this complex, right? And Roger's like, "I'm getting out of here. I've got a friend that has a helicopter. Is it bad if I want to run? I want to run. I could run." And basically, this is the first time they ever met. And they hit it off. This is a really poignant scene, actually. So there's all these, they've been keeping basically all their dead relatives and just pushing them into the basement because they're, you know, they were hoping that there's a cure or, you know, like they didn't want to kill their friends. It'd be like, Jeremy, if you, well, no, I'd shoot you right in the face. 
That, that's a bad example. Uh, <laughs> but like if someone I cared about, you know, were to die. <laughs> no, but so they were just pushing their, their family into the, into the basement and holding them there. So they have Ken Faree and he's literally crying. Like he did such a great performance. I love this scene. So he's got a tear going down his cheek as he's like shooting these zombies to, you know, to dispatch them. And you can tell that he's, you know, morally struggling. What does he say? Because they still believe there's respect in dying. And there's a a shot where his face is obscured by like a bunch of cobwebs. It's only half his face. Right. And he grabs the cobwebs, pushes them aside, and then cold face shoots a zombie in the head and bam, now he is the man. And that was like 10 minutes into the movie, this guy turned into fucking boss Nova, you know? Yeah. Like that was so cool. Yeah. So then, so they all kind of like meet outside. They all get into like a helicopter. Like So, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's Fran and Fran, uh, right. Steven. So they they go to a police dock to to fuel up the new the, the news radio helicopter and they're fueling up and everyone at the police dock is dead like all the people that are supposed to be there and yeah. they get run up on by police supposedly and they they get freaked out and like oh my god what are we gonna do and it's funny because one of the officers is Joe Pilato. Yeah, I see. I I read that, and so a lot of people were like fan theories or whatever, were saying that he started out as a cop and then worked his way up into the uh, into the military as a captain. Fuck you! What you fucked my theory up? I didn't. What well, did it was apparently other people had the theory. Ugh. Well, other people saw this movie from nineteen seventy eight. So yes, they did. So anyway, yeah. So. Joe, Joe Pil- Pilato, he he comes up and you know he's like, hey, how you doing, man? You know, and it's alluded to that they're not really police officers; they're just wearing the uniforms of you know officers from that area. And I would like to theorize that they kind of used that and eventually moved up to army, like they put on fatigues. And got better weapons. Because in Day of the Dead, it's alluded to that they're not really military, that they might just be wearing the uniforms. Well, I mean, you, you have those two guys, Steele and Rickles, who I feel did not, not seem like military type personnel, in my opinion. Like, I, I don't know. It just, especially the Rickles guy. Like, he was, he's like off the wall. Well, well they both were, but. I mean, they've been living in a bunker underneath the ground for a long time. I mean. Yeah, fair. Is anyone going to be right? Yeah. So I, I thought that was cool. That, uh, I mean, ori- originally that, that wasn't the idea. He was just a great actor. So George was like, hey, I, you know, I'd like you to come on again in the next movie. And, uh, in the th- theatrical version of this movie, he's not even in it. This whole scene is basically cut. Gotcha. But yeah, fun factoid. Yeah, and then so it looks like they're they're flying over, 
there's like a bunch of people like outside like just drinking beers and militaries just like watching well no it looks like they like took over like some like military like those like missile like things missile things so basic basically this is you know like the little trailer this is night of living dead this is the finale of night of living dead when you know we have uh so basically this is literally the pittsburgh national guard and a bunch of good old boys with their guns and just like showing up with coffee and drinking beers and just like having fun shooting the dead and they were right. like basically you know when uh someone gets lost in the woods so you do the whole spread out search and you know you walk through the woods every person is like five feet out and you know have the whole huge line they were doing that with zombies and you know you shoot them shoot them dead and it turned into a, a big party redneck after redneck with guns and alcohol is basically what it was sounds like a recipe for disaster this is a recipe for disaster uh they do have to refuel refuel the helicopter though yes they do so that's uh the monroeville airport it's like this little tiny stretch of grass landing and the zombie kids the only zombies in george romero's movies that run the only fast zombies and those are tom savini's niece and nephew and ken Faree is on record saying he hated having to shoot them dead <laughs> well i mean he didn't really shoot them dead it was it was a <laughs> So yeah, so there was no squibs or anything. It was basically he threw them on the couch, and then there's a shot of him pushing the gun, and then like, <laughs> no squibs or anything. But but yeah, he, he, yeah, yeah, he, it's yeah because they kept like grabbing at his like leg and his and his like arms and shit. And he just keeps like throwing them on the couch. It looked and, like yeah. one of them bit his arm. Like when it I did. when I first watched the movie, I was like, oh no, he's dead already. Yeah, so yeah, you can see they just like throw him on the couch and then you but know, it, it, see him go like this. All right, so I want to go on record as saying that this movie set up The Walking Dead. The whole yeah, the whole formula for The Walking Dead is Dawn of the Dead. So Dawn of the Dead is basically outbreak. We're running. We don't know what to do. We found a nice place to set up. We're going to set up at this place. Oh, finally, things are going nice. And now humans fuck it up for everyone. And that's Dawn of the Dead. Or not Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> that's Walking Dead like every other season. You know, like Negan that's comes true. in and we- fucks it up. Like Tom Savini is Negan, you know, in this. Right. Uh, well, you know, well, you had the governor first and he tries to fuck it up for everybody. Yeah, but everyone remembers Negan. That's true. And I think I, I think it, instead of Lucille, you know, the baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire, you have Tom Savini with his switchblade comb. <laughs> he like even flicks it, and he's like combing his mustache. And the other goes, "What the fuck is that?" He's like, "Oh, you never seen one of these." And the other guy's like, "Yeah, it looks stupid." I had one of those. I have. Everyone had one of those. They really get fun in games. You like played ski ball enough you got a switch comb for like 50 tickets or something like that uh, yeah probably then your teacher's like you can't bring knives to class and you don't make okay. me don't make me comb you <laughs> all 
All right. So this was also funny because, all right. So you have Peter in the room fighting the children and you have Roger fueling up the helicopter. Then you have Steven and Fran kind of just fucking around. And can I just say that Steven is the worst fighter I've ever seen out of anyone in my life. He's got a sledgehammer, like a little sledgehammer. It's like a mallet almost like a mallet. And he's trying to protect his woman. And he, he hits someone, but he like throws his whole body into it. (laughs) So like he like hits the guy and it should just knock over the zombie, but it like his whole body, like he just threw his whole body into it and he falls over and then he's trying to shoot and then Roger will come in like after like he misses Roger comes in and then gets the shot. And we have Peter in the, the building and Steven's about to shoot a zombie, which is like the actual zombie from the cover of the, the poster, you know, the, the, right, right, right. the, the artwork dude goes, yo, chill, it shoots him dead. And then Peter comes out like, what the fuck? Knocks him out and, and points the gun on him. He goes, scary. Isn't it? So after Peter kills Tom Savini's nieces and nephews, or niece and nephew, I should say, uh, they do take off again and land in a mall parking lot. Yeah. Can can we just rewind? Like, we've reiterated this many times. Know what's behind your target. Yes. And if it's Ken Faree, maybe chill out. Like, don't, (laughs) don't, don't shoot. But yeah, so they, they show up at the mall parking lot, very quickly made it onto the roof. Well, there's a, the landing. Does the native? Was it on? The, I thought they. I thought they landed on the parking lot. No, they landed on the roof. There was like a le- legit helicopter landing pad. Oh, okay. Which right. made which made me wonder because this was one of the first malls ever. Does the Natick Mall have one of those? I don't know. I thought the Natick Mall was like supposed to be like one of like the first like. Oh wait, no, that was Shoppers World. It was supposed to be one of the first like strip malls ever. No, 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 no. The Monroe, the Monroeville Mall was one of the first indoor, like right. shopping centers that's, like this. That's why I was correcting myself and saying Shoppers World was the first strip mall. Yeah, type, but type do you think the Natick Mall has a helicopter pad? It must. It might. Yeah, I mean, in case for reasons such as this. I mean, they have condos. Like they have everything there. They must, yeah. dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna go up on the mall tomorrow and find out. I think you should do that. I'm definitely Mike on the scene. Also, you would think so, like, you know, Peter smashes the glass to get into I'm getting, like the top floor. I'm guessing they're like office areas. It's storage. Yeah. So you would think that glass would be tempered and not so easily broken. Well, I mean, he broke it with a gun. So it would have been more safety glass. And it's funny because he does literally say later, he goes, this glass is tempered. <laughs> they can't get through. <laughs> yeah. So they're they're going around through like this storage area. I'm wondering what's in those boxes, though. Um, A, a lot of that was uh, emergency supply stuff. It was literally written yeah. on the boxes. Okay. I couldn't read the boxes. But I noticed there was, so they showed the interior of the of the mall. There was a couple mall walkers. A lot of mall walkers. Yeah. This was an important place to them uh, in their lives. So they kind of are thinking that the zombies are there because they used to go there 
and that's like a memory. So maybe zombies have some sort of memory, some sort of humanism. Well, I mean, I think we've seen that in, I mean, obviously you see it in Day of the Dead, but I don't know if you see it in any of the other ones where like, yeah, something strikes their memory. I mean, in the George Romero verse, yeah, you definitely see uh, memories of some sort. Right, because I mean, look at what turned into like like Bub. Yeah, you know, all of a sudden he remembered how to shoot a gun. Yeah, I mean, I mean, in Not a Living Dead, you had the guy grab the rock and smash it through the yeah. the window. Yeah, so his so he always has them learning. They're not learning. Well, sorry, remembering, or just being, or just being. Okay, fair. I mean, they're not necessarily learning. They're just. Like dumb animals. Yeah, true. Uh, so, I mean, they, they they make their way into the mall proper, as as one would say, I guess. And, and there's just zombies everywhere. That being said, free lunch. Although when they they're they're taking a lot of them out, but they're kind of sh- they're just like shooting them in the chest, but it isn't really doing much. Yeah, well, I mean, this is only three weeks into the apocalypse, so they might not know that you're supposed to actually you would think that the SWAT guys would know by now that you're supposed to shoot him in the brain yeah I mean he's they said it at the end of Night of the Living Dead yeah yeah so that was like day one so this is three weeks later I'm pretty sure that they but like dude you're like shooting say a hundred rounds you're not getting a hundred headshots you know what I mean true yeah I mean unless you're I don't know, like one of the those guys that work at like the Wild West shows. You're you're not like a dead ringer. Yeah, no, no, it's true, especially when you're under like stress. Yeah, or like Fair. getting drugged by a random ass Volkswagen car. You know. <laughs> yeah, so they decide to barricade the doors, or barricade the door to the storage room. They take a nap, and then they're like, "Let's go shopping," and that sets up. The whole point of the movie, what do you need versus what do you want? What you want is stuff, materialism, consumerism. That is what this whole movie is about. Like, um, yeah, like see there in the, in like the department store, dudes just grabbing shirts, suits. Meanwhile, you know, you know, Ken Forey's picking up like supplies and like weapons uh, you can't just say what it wasn't him either. He he was picking up dumb shit too, you know. Like, yeah, not necessarily right away, but I mean, they go and they rob the bank, for instance. It's true, but like, what are you going to use that for? Like, like he, there's, he, like, he goes, no. You never know, and they're just like picking up a like huge bunch of cash. And later, when they're bored as shit, they were gambling and they were playing poker, and they were just like playing it looked like like in our reality wicked high stakes poker because there was a lot of money on that table but to them it didn't mean shit you know right it's just like ah, i lost 500 dollars. that's fine i'll rob the bank tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) all right so this is another place where flyboy steven because he's the the guy that plays or can fly the helicopter yeah horrible shot he, he's shooting his gun around. It's ricocheting everywhere. And it, it just goes to show you that 
he wants to be a hard ass. He wants to be one of the SWAT guys. He's basically playing good guy. He's playing hero. Yeah. I don't know. And once they finally come together, they realize that. So basically you have Sears, JCPenney, you got Macy's, you know, the big corner. The flagship stores. Yeah, yeah. On on like the sides of the mall, you know, the, the stores that have multiple floors they hold up in, in like those stores so they can you know go up and down i don't know we know what you mean do you know what i mean so you can go up and down and you can you know. go up and down and all around so they have the <laughs> zombies go to one floor and then they secretly go to the next floor and sneak out they do a, exactly they do a switcheroo they're very the old bait and switch the bait and switch they're very smart and zombies are stupid yeah so Fran's, uh, you said it's Fran's boyfriend there who's down in like a the boiler room, just willy nilly firing rounds at nothing. Yes, shit's like ricocheting and hit like a pipe and you know just blow the whole building for Christ's sakes. Yeah, and then a Harry Krishna zombie starts like coming up to where they were holed up before and almost eats her. And our friends come and save her in the nick of time, thankfully. Well, I mean, that's how that works. I mean, it doesn't work unless you only save them in a nick of time. Yeah. So they save her in the nick of time. She's like, all right, you know what? This place sucks. We need to get out of here. And dude's like, it's one-stop shopping. Everything you need right at your fingertips. And she- Was that, was, was that the screwdriver to the ear? Oh, that's a funny story. So the screwdriver to the ear zombie was basically, that was an added scene to fix continuity. So we have Roger, he like was running and he saw a zombie and it kind of shook him a little bit. Like he thought he was like, whoa, it was a mannequin. He was like, oh, thought it was a zombie. And then he grabs a shirt off the shelf and he wraps it around his waist and then he runs away. Well, in the next scene, he doesn't have the shirt around his waist. And they saw that in the dailies, and they're like, fuck, we need to fix that. How the fuck are we going to fix that? So they recorded an extra scene where the zombie jumps out at him, grabs it, and he stabs the guy with the retractable screwdriver. So it was basically, you know, the screwdriver squishes, and and you, you pump the blood right out of it. Is actually pretty brilliant. And the guy's like, "Yeah, it filled up my ear, and I can't hear anymore." About to say, like that that that's gotta suck to just like sit there and have like fluid in your ear. Um, so uh, apparently, George Romero is such a great director, such a great person that everyone in Pittsburgh loves to be in his movies, and they just want to be in his movies, or you know, did. Then they get like caps that said like, "I was in Dawn of the Dead." Yeah. So apparently, for this movie, you get a dollar a donut and a shirt that said, I died in Dawn of the Dead. (laughs) That's awesome. All right. So they save Fran and she says, I'm afraid you're hypnotized by this place. All of you. It's so bright and neatly wrapped. You don't see that it's a prison too. And that's true because I love her arc in this. Like, I don't know why I've never mentioned her as a, final girl because she is her arc from the beginning as like a scared woman 
but like not even like very far into the movie. She's like, I want to be a part of this. I need you to tell me what the fuck is going on. I want to learn how to fly the helicopter. Like she's the, she's like the voice of reason. And like, she's speaking like a mother and yeah. I mean, come on, Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, I mean, they're, they're doing their thing all around the mall. And while she's just kind of sitting in a, like a stairwell, like waiting. Well, the, just, fir- the just, first time they leave her without a gun. And she's like, yeah. don't ever do that again. Don't ever leave me unarmed. Right. Exactly. But yeah, this is where we learn that fire bad. Because while the zombie's creeping up on her, she pops the flare and she kind of keeps the Harry Krishna zombie at bay for a little bit. And then after all that shit has settled down, you should see all the great stuff we got, Franny. All kinds of stuff. That was a huge, like, flare, too. I mean, it's a regular flare. I don't know. I feel like they're normally, like... Well, the ones you... Big. The this one, one was, like, huge. I mean, the ones you have in your trunk aren't, like, regular flares. I guess so. But yeah, fire, bad. All right. So, we're all chilling again. We got Jack Daniels. Roger waters down his whiskey, by the way. Flyboy starts getting cocky. Look what we did today. Like, come on. They can't even keep it up. Like, he's talking shit about, like, civilization. Like, whoa, how come they can't figure it out? We did this. And Ken Free's like, chill the fuck out, bro. Like, we had one good day. It's nothing to get an award about. You know what I mean? Right. And then he drops the bomb. Fran is pregnant. Probably three and a half, four months. And Ken is like, do you want to abort it? I know how to do it. And they're having this whole conversation, and she's in the next room, albeit she's cranking butts. Yeah. But but she's in the other room hearing everything that's going on. They're talking about their lives, and Fran is in the next room just hearing about it, which is wicked fucked up. And I thought that was wicked poignant and such a great, like, mansplaining scene. You know what I mean? Right. And she comes out, oh, oh, my vote, it doesn't count. You're hypnotized by this place. Blah, 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 blah. And then we get the radio kicking in. Experiments with hallucinogens. Very quickly does it mention the experiments with hallucinogens. I was like, oh, does that mean everyone's tripping? But I think they were trying to uh, experiment on the dead. The TV talks about remembered behavior. It's pure motorized instinct. And then they come up with the uh, plan to take the trucks and barricade the main entrance, which is brilliant. Well, I mean, you have a bunch of them trying to get in. Well, actually, a bunch of them do get in, like, from outside. Yeah. And he, actually, <laughs> that little bit was pretty funny because you have you have one dude, like, on in, like, a hockey rink just, like, playing hockey. So I think they were in J.C. Penney's. I think it was just called Penny's at the time because the the sign just said Penny's. So when they're trying to get in the first the first uh, you know store, and the guy's stealing the gun, the zombie's stealing the gun, and yeah. Ken Faree's just like, "Oh, just let him have it," and he lets the guy go, and, and the guy like just holds the gun. You see that zombie holding the gun in at least ten scenes after that. 
He's outside. He's inside. He made it to the roof at the end of the movie. This guy is everywhere, which makes me think, how many entrances are there? Well, I mean, it's a mall. There's going to be entrances all over the place. Oh, and this one zombie knows them all. (laughs) He worked at, where the hell did we work? We worked at Larry and David. Harry and David. Oh, Harry and David. It would be funnier if it was Larry and David. Pretty, (laughs) pretty, pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah, that job sucked. Yeah, yeah, it did. But we worked at the mall. (laughs) All right, so where are we? Okay, so they mentioned the uh, CDC in Atlanta is working on a vaccine, which is pretty funny because if you've ever watched The Walking Dead, the end of first season, they go to Atlanta (laughs) to go to the CDC. Isn't that where Patient Zero is? Is that what they called him? Is there Patient Zero in Walking Dead? I thought so. I thought they had, um, I thought it was like the... One of the scientists there. I thought it was like a relative, like a sister or something like that. So Flyboy is flying overhead. We have Roger and Peter using the trucks to block the entrances. Basically, they're there to obscure leverage. So the trucks don't exactly block the entrances completely, but the zombies can't break in through the tempered glass. Yeehaw! Yeehaw! Ah! So the cool guy is starting to lose his cool. We have Roger, who leaves the door wide open while he's hot hot wiring a truck. Obviously, that doesn't work well. He starts to shoot his way out of it. And he gets bit twice. Once, I think, in the arm and once in the leg. But before that even happens, before he even gets bit, Ken Furry even warns him. He's like, dude, you're acting crazy. You got to screw your head on right. You're not just playing with your life. You're playing with my life. Are you cool? He's like, yeah, I'm cool. And obviously he's not cool. Well, so he's already, you know, kind of beaten up a little bit. He he's gets, like, yeah, he gets cool. bit. Um, but he uh, has enough foresight, even though, even though we know he's dying, he's a trooper and they finish the job. Um, and then they drink a lot of Jack Daniels. <laughs> As one would do when you're probably about to die. Yeah. He actually lives for a couple of days. Yeah. They do a lot of cool shit. They strap up. They put him in like a little uh, cart. They wheel him around because what they want to do is lock the four entrances now. Now that they've blocked them, they want to lock them. And they're like, lock and lock. Oh, look, there's a uh, friend actually mentions it's like, why don't you take one of the cars? So like nowadays it'd be like one of the Teslas that's like chilling in the middle of the mall. Like, oh, why don't you take one of the cars and drive it around? And I I was like, damn, that kind of looked like my old Plymouth Turismo. But it was a VW Scirocco, probably a 77. I honestly don't even know what one of those looks like. It looks like the fucking car in the movie. So while they're, they got them in the cart, they go by the Brown Derby Starkey Love Pub. Yeah. I don't know. Just a funny name for a we're a pub. It's the love pub. So that, that was probably one of the uh, places that was actually open late during the, the filming of this. So they filmed basically from 10 to 8 in the morning, you know, basically when the mall shut down. Right. So there was this one place that was open. That's probably one of the places that was open late. So a lot of the zombie extras would go there and get hammered. 
<laughs> and then, well, I mean, it was like the only store in the mall with like a, a light that was on. Yeah. Yeah, while they're you know, wheeling, what's his name? But I want to talk about how the power is still on. They they kind of casually like, oh, it must be nuclear. The whole fucking Philadelphia is lit up. And they just kind of casually, you know, brush it off. How long would power go after the world ended? Mm. I'm thinking not long at all. No. I mean, the wind blows wrong and our power's off. You know what I mean? It's true. So this is three weeks after the initial. So this is three weeks after Night of Living Dead. So that's when they land at the mall. Power's on. Yeah, sure. I can believe that. But she's, what did they say? Three and a half to four months. Four months pregnant, maybe. And later in the movie, she's fucking pregnant as shit. Like, visibly, like, pregnant as shit. And they still have power. Yeah, I feel like it wouldn't last that long. I don't think so either. I mean, I I, I could be wrong. I'm like, but I, I just I just don't see. I mean, at some point, it, it's. I don't want to like call bullshit on this, but like, they also keep going to the the walk in cooler and they keep making salads and having fresh vegetables. Like it, way late in the movie, they're eating like a salad and it has like fresh lettuce and tomatoes. Are they? Yeah, that are they farming? Yeah, those those were definitely not. We you know what really bothered me about this movie? When they so they locked down the mall and they're like, okay, we've locked down the mall. Now let's kill all the zombies. We're going on a hunt. They kill all the zombies and they're like on the second floor looking down on the carnage. And the like that's the scene it was like, you know what my grandpappy used to say? He was a voodoo priest. He said. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. And they're like, damn, that's fucking cool. I like that. That, that I like that. It sounds awesome. And he goes, yeah. So let's round up them bodies because it's going to stink. And let's put them in the walk-in cooler where we get our tomatoes and lettuce. <laughs> like they, they were putting the bodies in the walk-in cooler. And like there's like an open case of fresh tomatoes and i'm like okay well first of all this is three weeks after shit has hit the fan and they still have fresh tomatoes okay maybe that happens but that's not gonna last long and then months into it chick is pregnant and they're still eating tomatoes i hope they're not eating the same tomatoes from the walk-in where they put all the dead body. And why would they put them in the walk-in? You would have to expect the power to go off at some point. Why wouldn't they just throw them outside? You is Were they afraid that people would see that and be like, oh, someone's holed up in the mall? Obviously, someone's holed up in the mall. Y'all block the entrances. Like, I don't I don't get that at all. Why would they put them in the walk-in? I don't I don't know. That's 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 where that, that's where they always put them. No, whether it's dead bodies or whatever, you, you, you know, they always seem to throw them in the ice box. Throw them outside. Outside. I mean, I agree, but I'm That's, just telling you what they do. My one beef with the movie is that they took those bodies and put them in the walk-in when I think they should have just chucked them outside. Or you know what? Throwing them at Auntie Annie's. I liked Auntie Annie's. Who the fuck wants to eat pretzels? I love pretzels. Pretzels are for bitches. That's not nice. I didn't say put them at Orange Julius. <laughs> uh, there was a cool shot 
of Fran locked in pennies and she's looking out the window and this baseball player zombie kind of like lands on the ground and is staring at her. And you're thinking like, I don't know you, but like me, I was like, Oh, what's a little kid. And then you see, and it's an old ass man wearing like a little kid baseball outfit. But she, nonetheless, she still kind of has a sympathetic look. And at that moment I was like, ah, damn, she's mom mode. I don't think there's a goddamn thing that could happen. And she will not like relent. Like she is badass bitch at this point. I think that is the moment where it clicked. That's when she turned from regular lady to final girl. Even though well, it was sense. a silly moment with a guy, like an old ass man dressed up in like a probably like softball tournament <laughs> outfit, you know, he's like, oh, hey, babe, don't worry, I'll be home. But like, I might be home late. I'm out with the boys. We're doing our softball tournament for 3M, you know, Staples. I'll see you later, babe. God, you're so dorky. But so pretty soon we gotta meet Tom Savini and his uh, gaggle of people. Not yet. Okay, so we got Fran starting to take care of Roger, even though earlier in the movie she goes, "I'm not gonna be your den mother. I want to know what's going on. I'm just a part of this, as all of you, you know, feminism, booyah." Uh, but she ends up taking care of Roger because her motherly instincts kick in. And Roger's hurt. She starts giving him his morphine injections. Uh, They're talking about what kind of furniture they might need up there because the uh, entrance to the stairway, they're thinking about blocking it off, walling it up, and they start doing that. She starts getting morning sickness. And there's a scene where Steve walks in on her and she goes, get the fuck out of here. I don't want you. And he's like, whoa. And she like kind of takes it back a second. She goes, I mean, I don't want you to see me like this. But it's already clear that she goes, I don't fucking need you. Get the fuck out of here. Steven and Peter clean up all the bodies and they throw them into the walk-in with the vegetables, which really bothered me. Clearly, I think I went on a tirade about it already. Yes, you did. Then they go, they rob the bank. Which I thought was hilarious. You never know. Money, money, money. They start going. Money. You know, now that there's no zombies to worry about, they can go shopping freely. They start getting watches, fur coats, and, you know, basically whatever the fuck they want. They use the skating rink, which actually is not there anymore. Uh, Basically just playing around. And then they start theorizing about why the zombies want to get in there. They're, they're after the place. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. Give Roger some more morphine. And they're still broadcasting on the TV. So there's always the radio on, always the TV on. Drink a little more Jack. Um, some crazy guy with an eye patch is talking about, you know what? I think all the brains have died and only the idiots are left. We should feed the zombies. And he's like, basically a nut. And this is exactly what we, what we would have. You know, we would have a guy like this in real life. 
saying, you know what I think we should do? Feed the zombies. Well, what do we feed them? Obviously, they want to eat humans, so feed them humans. And uh, what do we do when uh, there's no humans left? Well, then they've won, and we don't care because we're dead. Uh, what? I mean, he's not wrong. He's not wrong, but, like, he's not right. No, it's true. No, I, I, I agree. Are you on his side? I'm just agreeing that if they're all dead, then it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, I mean, duh. If we're dead, it doesn't matter. And then he's like, okay, well, our other option is to maybe just drop nukes. Nukes everywhere. Just drop nukes on all the cities. Why not do that? And what I really loved, he goes, it's not the Republicans versus the Democrats. It's more crucial than that. And exactly. It's not Republicans. It's not Democrats. This is more poignant than fucking left or right. This is fucking right now. It's what's right in front of us. We have to deal with this. We have to get over our stupid fucking like issues. We have to work together. And the funny thing is, because this is such a comic book movie, it doesn't work. And it probably won't work because... The right will be like, left is stupid. And the left will be like, right is stupid. And we'll just end up killing each other while zombies high five. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how it is. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what's going to happen. And it's always going to be like that. You're going to have a zombie dapping. You just missed me dapping. I did the best dap ever. So Roger dies. He kind of comes back. Peter shoots him in the face. They bury him in like a little garden. Um, then they're at the ice rink. They're doing target practice to teach Fran basically how to use a gun. And obviously Flyboy as well because he can't shoot for shit. And then you get the Ken Fury special. I love this moment. Peter cooks a meal and serves it to... Um, Stephen and Fran, and I couldn't for the fuck see what the hell it was. It looked like a flank steak, and was that law like a lobster tail? What the hell was that on the plate? There was a lot of vegetables. Where the hell are they getting fresh vegetables? Are they farming? There was not one scene of them farming. I did not see any farming either. Okay, so Peter goes, That's for you guys. I'm gonna bounce. He goes to Roger's grave, pops some champagne, pours a little out, drinks a little bit, and Stephen gives out the two fists. Pick one. She picks one. Ah, empty. Ha ha ha, I fooled you. Next one, two little rings. And he's like, yeah, you want to marry me? And she goes, no. <laughs> we can't. Not now. Wouldn't be real. Ouch. I, like right in the fields. I think I, if you had a jewelry store at your disposal, I think I would have picked a better ring. He picked like two men's rings. Yeah, just like a couple bands. Yeah, I would have grabbed like the biggest diamond they had. Yeah, not not everybody likes that though. I would have grabbed a diamond so fucking big that she wouldn't be able to fight zombies because her arm would be like dangling on the because floor. it's so heavy. She and like zombies would just eat her because the, the ring is so awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, to each their own. 
I, I guess so. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to Walden Books, which I respect because of, obviously, Walden. They're looking for baby books. They're basically just board shopping at this point. She's watering plants. Uh, dude takes a picture of her, and she goes, Well, when you finish the roll, we'll drop it off at the drugstore. I was like, ooh, damn. Okay. I was just trying to have fun. Fucking Debbie Downer. Fucking Karen-ass bitch. Oh, and the next shot. Holy crap. So how many times can you say that you don't get excited for a tit? I don't think I've never said that. Here's that moment. They basically show her titty, and they're zooming out, and it's her and Steven in bed looking bored as shit. And it's such a beautiful shot, the way they're the bored looking as it's zoomed yeah. out. But it just goes to show you how boring their lives are, that they probably just had sex, and they're bored as fuck. Which is a shame. Wicked shame. If you're ever stuck in a mall with your loved one, at least have fun having sex. At the very least. At the very least. Jesus, you're going to pop out a tit? Have a fun with it. Okay, so we're crossing off the days on the calendar. She's finally visible. Prego. They're living a mundane life. Now, just, they just m- like eating dinner and... Like normal people in a mall. So they're, they're, they're literally eating another dinner, and there's still fresh vegetables, which really pisses me off. Um, she mentions that there's been no broadcast in three days and turns off the TV, and Stephen gets really pissed. He stands up, and he turns the TV back on because, you know, got to listen to static, which is something I understand because I was – oh, my God. I was talking about this earlier. We were just, like, hanging out, and I put on music. I have to have music. I have to have something. I can't just listen to silence. Silence really gets to me. I have to have something going on. So I get that. I do too. Although static sucks. Like, I don't want to just listen to static. I could see how that would drive me crazy as well. Not like a fan of like white noise or anything like that either. And she goes, what have we done to ourselves? So they start to stock up the copter. Fran learns how to fly. How many songs are there called Learning to Fly? Right off the top of uh, your head. Name one. I mean, I can think of, well, there's learning. There's two Learning to Flies, and then there's one Learn to Fly. Oh, damn. Because I, I think Pink, I, I think Pink Floyd, uh, Tom Petty, and then Foo Fighters. Wow. There's a reason we're friends. So they're flying around in the Whirlybird, and the bikers take notice. The bikers radio in, and this is where I mention, or not where I mention, where I note that this is the fucking Walking Dead formula. You know, we've finally become comfortable. Here comes Negan. There's a lot of Negan. There's a bunch of people. Yeah, so this is the, so the the bikers in this, so they have a lot of bikers. Uh, Originally, they're like, oh, it's only three of us. Oh, can we hang out? And she's like, oh, there's only three of them. It can't be that bad. They're like, shut the fuck up, bitch. You know there's not just three. There's never just three. It's the Pagans Motorcycle Club. They're an outlaw MC. Uh, They're actually 
noted as an outlaw MC by the ATF. They're in 19 states right now, including here, Massachusetts uh, and Puerto Rico. They claim to be the first to use the one percenter patch. Are you familiar with the one percenter patch? Um, I don't think I realized there was a patch. Okay, so back in the day, the American Motorcycle Association magazine basically was like, oh, these motorcycle gangs, they're they're crazy. Um, that's what they're one percent of people that use motorcycles. It's only this tiny percent of people like that's not who we are. That's a one the one percent of it. And that blew up. So Hell's Angels, obviously pagans, they they loved it. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're the one percent. Uh, actually, pagans and the Hell's Angels have had quite a bunch of beef over the uh, years. But anyway, in Pittsburgh, they used these guys. This, they're real motorcycles. They're real shit. And I mean, they had a grand old time doing this sequence. And this was by far, when I watched this movie, this was the scariest part of the movie to me. And the zombies weren't scary. The humans were. Right. I mean, they, well, they, they, I mean, they basically, they, they ride into the mall and basically, I mean, they just pillage everything. Yeah. I mean, there's, they're doing the same shit our friends were doing at the beginning of the movie. They're stealing right. candy, they're stealing jewelry, they grab pies. They're pieing fucking zombies in the face, which is, is true. stupid and hilarious. But uh, so in the original movie, Night of Living Dead, uh, George is talking with everyone. He's like, oh, so how do you think we kill the zombies? Because like they don't even have a lore yet. They're like he created the lore. He's like, so how do we kill him? And Marilyn Eastman goes, well, why don't we just pie him in the face? Like as a, <laughs> as a joke, you know? So that's kind of a callback to that, which I thought was awesome. Uh, we got Tom Savini seltzering them. It's like, they're just acting like clowns at this point, pieing people, seltzering them. Yeah. I thought the, I thought the seltzer bit was a little uh, like, why you're wasting good seltzer. Yeah. So we got, we got uh, Peter and Flyboy. They're like, okay, we got to shut down the, all the gates so they can't get into the stores. And then we'll just hide out and, and wait for them to bounce. But Flyboy, he's just like, this is ours. It's ours. We took it. And he starts popping shots off at them and basically starts a war. And for some reason, there's a guy in a sombrero that wants to check his blood pressure really bad in the middle of a fucking war. And so he starts checking his blood pressure and they're like, hey, dude, they're shooting at us. It's probably not a great time. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Can we also point out that the one guy that stole all the gold off the Miss Cleo zombie? Oh, my God. Well, I mean, they held her down and stole her jewelry. They did. Poor Miss Cleo. No, no reason for that. Yeah, a lot of lot of pieing going on. A lot of seltering. One one guy stole a wallet. Stole a zombie's wallet. Yeah, a lot of fucking random ass shit for no. This this whole sequence was awesome, and you got to give it to uh, Tasso and Tom Savini for this because besides like the ammunition 
um, and the like driving stunts. Basically, yeah. Tasso and Tom did all of the stunts. Like just two of them doing everything. Yeah, the swinging from the banners, the yeah. jumping off the rails. It it was the two of them. They were like, "Okay, what are we gonna do tonight? All right, I'll do that. Uh, okay, you do that. I'll do this." Uh, Tom Savini almost broke his fucking back jumping off the fucking uh, second floor. Missed the you know the landing he was supposed to yeah. make. Ended up having to use a, a golf cart for like four days because how badly he was hurt. But looks awesome as long as it looks good. Uh yeah. So you got. When Flyboy finally gets eaten, turns into a zombie. And that's not even a spoiler, because I swear you just type in Dawn of the Dead, and you see this guy dead zombie already. George Romero's favorite zombie is David Emge. He goes, that's a performance worthy of Lon Chaney. That's that's high praise right there. Hell yeah. Uh, So, George Romero hated to give he never wanted to give directions to zombies because he'd be like all right if i say do this then every single zombie is going to do that but i want them to act individually you know what i mean right he goes if everyone if i go do this and then they all start they're like a swarm at that point like that's stupid but he yeah so like how awesome is that that's that that's pretty i mean that's pretty cool so the marauders start to retreat after, you know, a couple of them get killed. Um, I'm thinking they're basically going to go back to their camp and come back tomorrow. You know what I mean? Especially right. after they see the helicopter take off, they're going to go back in and they're going to take over the mall. It's going to be their mall tomorrow is my guess. I mean, it's a good guess. I mean, there's only, well, now there's only two. So you have a whole gang against what? Two well, people? yeah, but they, they don't know how many people were in the mall. But True. I mean, they went in 50 deep. They lost what? Yeah. Six people, seven people. Yeah, yeah it's true. Yeah. So they, I, of course, they lost. They lost Tasso and, and Tom. Yeah, they're they lost their big bosses. But I mean, come on. The, the numbers are there. They uh... nature abhors of vortex. No, nature abhors of vacuum. Yeah. Anyway, you're dead. Someone's going to take your place, is my point. So how many times did that guy go back and check his blood pressure? Because I feel like he did it a few times. Oh, my God. That was hilarious. When he did it again, it's like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm glad he died like that. Yeah. They ripped his arm off and like, (laughs) I I loved how they showed it. And it was like, blood pressure, zero. That was (laughs) such, I loved that. Uh, eat testing still remaining. Eat beets. I don't like beets. Nobody likes beets, but if you eat them, your blood pressure will lower. Uh, oh. do you ever watch Doug? Do, 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 oh, all the do, time. Do, 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 do. Hello, where the beets? <laughs> That's true. Oh, do you live in Beetburg? Like, where did he live? It was like Beetburg, Beetville. I forget. Everything was about beats because Doug was so chill that his blood pressure was very low. He would not be the guy in the sombrero is what I'm saying. No, no, he would, he would not be. Yeah. So Flyboy dies in the, he dies in the elevator. I know you mentioned he died already, but I didn't think we had got to that yet, but. Oh, he's dead. And, uh, 
Peter doesn't want to believe he's dead because he heard a couple gunshots. Fran is like, yeah, I know he's dead. Like, can we just bounce? And he's like, no, let's wait. And they wait and they wait and they wait until the sun is starting to peek its head up over the coast. And they're like, I think we should go. And Peter goes, I don't want to go. I really don't. So she starts up the chopper. And over the horizon, we see Dawn. Peter has a little tiny gun. I think it's like a one bullet type of little tiny gun. Like, you know, like it's like a little cute gun you hold in your purse. He puts it to his head. He's about to shoot himself in the head. And then a zombie comes in the room and he decides, fuck that. Instant kicks in. He shoots the zombie. Obviously, he doesn't have any more bullets because it's a little tiny gun that we've never seen before. And uplifting music kicks in. It's like uh, Eye of the Tiger, you know, like rock, like like Rocky running up the the stairs in Philly, you know, to like pump his fists at the top. He's like, yeah, I'm the man. It's like that type of music. But she's already like started the helicopter. She's already starting to take off. She's in the air. So it's like, hurry up, motherfucker. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. But he, you know, he kicks the zombies aside. Somehow he ends up in the helicopter as well. Oh, but before he does that, he switches guns with the zombie that has had the gun the whole time. Like the zombie we've seen in every scene. That's yep. been holding the gun. Like, how does this guy get around? Like, he must be the he must be the bub of Dawn of the Dead. Oh, he's gotta be. Because he's, he's definitely bub. Oh, he's wicked smart. So they're taking off. Ken goes, How much fuel we have? She goes, Not much. He goes, All right. And that's the <laughs> end. So where do you think they're going? Um well, clearly they can't go far. I mean, they can refuel. This is true. I don't know. I don't know where they're going. So originally their plan was to go to Canada. um, But when they bumped into those fake cops at the beginning, they were talking about going to an island, which is the answer to the remake, Dawn of the Dead. They end up going to an island. It doesn't work out for them well. Um, And in Day of the Dead, they end up going to an island as well. Well, that's right. John says at the beginning, I just want to go to the island. In maximum overdrive, where do they go? They go to an island. Well, because they probably think zombies can't swim. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? So you're just like swimming in a lake. You're just like, da-da-da-da-da. Oh, such a relaxing day. And then a zombie like reaches up and rips your dick off. <laughs> I, I I cannot. That would suck. It would not be a good day. No. Ouch. So what do you give in the movie? Well, I mean, it's obviously classic. Probably would you call it a would you call it the greatest zombie movie of all time? Mm, mm, that's tough. I'd like to a lot s- of zombies. It's a lot of zombie movies. So when I watched this movie, I had horrible nightmares, like reoccurring nightmares about zombies. 
And when I watched it, it seemed it was like the perfect movie at the time. But is it the best zombie movie of all time? No. Okay. I would even say, even though, ah, oh, so tough. Like even Day of the Dead, I feel like is a better movie than this. But for some reason, I like this movie better. I'm so confused. I'm confusing <laughs> myself. I mean, I love the remake of this movie. Oh, that's such a good movie. Oh, and we've got Scott Ranger and Ken Faree in the remake. But that being said, I still think this movie deserves a solid four brains. Yeah, I'm giving it four brains as well. Lauren says, I've seen this movie so many times. The elevator scene is iconic. Horror babe of the month. Marley Shelton. I've been coming here every summer of my adult life, and every summer there she is, oiling and lotioning, lotioning and oiling, smiling. I can't take this anymore. Oiling, lotioning, oiling, lotioning, lotioning. Wendy Peppercorn from The Sandlot. Yes. Uh, Yeah, so obviously this crush goes way, way back. She's been in a lot of movies since then, obviously. Sin City. She was in Valentine, which I would love to suggest for, you know, Valentine's Day. She was in Death Proof and Planet Terror. She played. Yeah, most. Also, dual. she was in Scream 2. Well, not Scream 2, but. She was not in Scream 2. She was in Scream 4 and 5. Yes. Uh, was it Officer or Sergeant? Deputy Hicks. She was Deputy Giggity. And then Sheriff Giggity. Yes. She yes, got, yes, yes, she she got promoted. She was in a perfect getaway, which I love that movie. I uh, actually mentioned that movie in our vacation tangent. Yeah, I think, I think so. Uh, she was in the TV version of The Lottery, which would have worked awesomely with our dystopian episode. Are you familiar with the the story, The Lottery? Yeah. She's most recently on 1923, the Yellowstone prequel. It has, you know, Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren. I haven't watched Yellowstone at all. A lot of people love it. My dad likes it. So, you know, that's cool. Kevin Costner. She was also in Sugar and Spice, which was a funny movie, and Pleasantville. Do you remember that movie? I actually really like that stupid movie. <laughs> that stupid movie is awesome. So, Paul Walker. Cheers to Marley Shelton. And Wendy Peppercorn. I've been planning that for summer. Good for you, Squints. Another classic. Well, I think that wraps it up. Yes, it does. So you can check us out on all of the fine places that you could get your podcasts. You can check us out on the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, the PFPN. We are on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever they call it now. Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Deezer, you name it, we're there. We're on Instagram, Fans of the Dead Podcast. Our website, fansofthedead.com. TikTok, Fans of the Dead Pod. Uh, at Fans of the Dead One on Twitter. Tweet us there. Give us some likes because, you know, Elon Musk is trying to shut us down. So you need to shut us up. That didn't make sense, you, but you know what I mean. You can't shut us up. Damn the man. Fans of the 
deaddeadpodcast at gmail.com. Reach out to us. Like, what do you want to hear for our next tangent? What do you want to hear us rant about? Is there a movie that you like that we haven't talked about? Because I'm sure there's a lot of movies that I don't want to talk about that you want us to talk about. So, sure. What is it? Let us know. Is it Slither? It could be. Who knows? YouTube, everything. Go to iTunes and hit that five star. Hit the likes. Give us great reviews and hit all the subscribes and all them shits. As always, have fun. Be safe. Peace. listening to the prescribed films podcast network home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment the shows on this network all have a common goal providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media the pfpn hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com thanks for listening